Hey, 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 welcome to the latest episode of Badly Branded, the podcast about everything and nothing. I'm your host, Beulah Marie, and uh, as usual, today will be a little chit-chat about a whole lot of things. Uh, Blanket trigger warning from the jump, because I could get political or offensive today, I'm not sure, so just take this as a blanket trigger warning. Um, First things first... Kim and Pete broke up. Yes, folks, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson are no more. They lasted nine months, which is more than I thought they were going to last, but I had hoped it would last longer. As you know, I liked them as a couple, and so this bums me out a little bit. Uh, But hopefully, you know, they're both okay and happy because I like both of them. And I especially have a soft spot for Pete, and I want them both to be happy because they're humans after all, you know? So yeah, they broke up and now I'll have a lot less to talk about on this podcast. Um, Yeah, so that stinks. But anyway, okay, so bear with me. Here comes a little rant slash vent. This is something I don't get, okay? I'm just going to come out with it right out the gate here. So people are mad that Cracker Barrel which, by the way, is delicious, uh, added a vegan sausage option to the menu. I think they added, like, impossible uh, or beyond meat or something. You know, one of those vegan meat options. So they they add a vegan sausage option, and people are really pissed, really, really mad. They're, like, boycotting Cracker Barrel because of this. I, like, I just don't get it if you don't, like or want vegan sausage don't order it who cares like who cares honestly how is that impacting your life in any way they didn't take away regular sausage has our society gotten to become so divided that we are now policing others choices of breakfast meat i thought most of y'all were about freedom but not when it comes to breakfast choices, I guess. (laughs) I mean, what the heck? When I saw headlines about this, I literally thought it was a joke or a satire piece from The Onion or something. I did not think it was real, but it was real, which says a lot about our society. Like, can we just agree to at least stop the political rhetoric when it comes to freaking breakfast sides, please? I mean, my goodness, who cares? Who cares if someone's vegan or vegetarian or gluten-free or whatever? Who cares? Options are a good thing, folks. Progress is a good thing. Change is okay. You know, imagine how boring the world would be without options and progress and differences. How boring would it be if we were all the same and liked all the same things and ate all the same things? I mean, come on. In fact, I had a similar conversation with my husband the other day, and I shared with him that while, like, socially I always had desired to fit in when I was younger, like I always wanted to have friends and have people like me and and stuff like that, I've never, even since childhood, had the desire to be like everyone else. I can't 
imagine wanting to do what everyone else does, have what everyone else has, wear what everyone else wears, be just like everyone else to fit in and be quote unquote normal. I just don't get it. I wouldn't even be good at being someone other than myself. You know, if I like something that's basic or mainstream, it's because I like it, not because society told me to or I'm trying so hard to fit in that I, you know, got the latest brand of shoes that everyone has. And that's silly. I like what I like. Um, And if my friend group or employer or spouse or whoever or whatever wanted me to be anything other other than me, like, no thanks. No thanks. you know, and I am gluten-free uh, because I have to be. I have celiac disease. I don't have a choice. And so I get a little irritated when people are mad about seeing gluten-free options or vegan options or things like that on the menu um, because it's so dismissive. You know, there's reasons that certain people eat a certain way. It's not always a fad. It's not always being woke. It's sometimes a choice that's a personal choice for health reasons or moral reasons or whatever. And who are you to judge? Right? Um, It's like some people want freedom and choices and stuff only when it applies to them and their beliefs and their political, you know, ideologies or whatever. But when it applies to the other side or benefits other people, they don't want freedom or choice. And that's messed up, in my opinion, and and highly hypocritical. I just, you know, let people be who they are. Can you imagine how boring it would be to be like everyone else or how boring it would be if we were all the same? Like I said that before, I'll say it again. You know, and that's my only qualm too, kind of segueing into a different topic. That's my only qualm with plastic surgery. Like that's my main problem with it. And I'll explain. Um, so disclaimer, I haven't had any work done. I have not, um, other than dental work and like, I don't know, I get my hair and nails and brows done, you know, whatever. Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to a little tweak here and there like fillers or something like that, you know, uh, haven't done it. Not going to judge, not going to say I would never do it. Right. But my issue personally, and this is just my opinion with plastic surgery and cosmetic procedures is that people are all starting to look like clones of one another and it's becoming a little uncanny Valley, right? Like I think Kim Kardashian is beautiful, but I do not think it's cool or healthy that every girl in LA and every girl on Instagram now has her lips or her butt, meaning Kim Kardashian's lips, Kim Kardashian's butt, or like Kendall Jenner's eyes or whatever. It's creepy and weird. So do you guys know about the Uncanny Valley? So you can Google it, Uncanny Valley. So according to Google, because it's just easier to explain by giving an official definition, The uncanny valley metaphor suggests that a human appearance or behavior can make an artificial figure seem more familiar for viewers, but only up to a point. 
um, the sense of viewer familiarity drops sharply into the uncanny valley once the artificial figure tries but fails to mimic a realistic human. So when stuff gets to the uncanny valley point, it begins to freak us out a little bit and begins to seem creepy or scary or just off. It feels off somehow. So some of these girls on Instagram, no offense, are venturing into uncanny valley territory. And I'm not judging them per se because honestly, most of them look great. Um, And I believe that they are entitled to make whatever choices and decisions they want and do whatever they want to do with their faces and their bodies. But it's just sad that the desire oftentimes does not simply seem to be to feel better about one's appearance, but rather it seems like the desire is to look like everyone else on Instagram and TikTok and reality TV. That's what's sad and bothersome about it for me. Not necessarily the cosmetic work or makeup or filters, you know, in and of themselves, but rather the uniform nature of it, the conformity, the unoriginality, the lack of uniqueness, the lack of individuality. You know, um, if I was ever going to have work done, I would just want to look like a better version of myself. I wouldn't want to be unrecognizable and I wouldn't want to just look like a knockoff version of Kim or Khloe Kardashian. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I think that's like the mistake that people make is trying to look like someone else instead of just an improved version of themselves or what they perceive as an improved version of themselves because honestly, some people don't need work done at all. Most people don't. But I just – I feel like whatever people – need or want to do to feel good about themselves, cool. Like that's their prerogative. I'm not going to judge. Who am I to judge, right? Um, And like speaking of filters, we've talked about filters before on this podcast. Um, For me personally, if I use them, it's for fun, not because I think I need them. I mean, I post selfies with no makeup, with unwashed hair, with dark circles under my eyes, with a blemish on my face. So I'm not trying to be someone I'm not or fool people when it comes to like what I look like, right? Um, So when I use filters, it's not because I think I need them or because I'm trying to fool anybody. It's because they're fun to a point. For me, um, at least from my perspective, they're only a problem if you let them be. If you begin to think that you absolutely need filters and need Photoshop um, or if you're hiding behind them or trying to pass yourself off as someone you're not, that's when, you know, it's a problem. If you're using them to try to bolster your self-esteem or when you have, you know, the wrong reasons behind your desire um, for, you know, plumping your lips or getting a a facelift or whatever. Um, I think you really have to go into those things with the right mindset you know, and the right expectations and the right mentality. You have to be in the right headspace um, and really work through the mental health side of things before you go that route. But that's, you know, more the plastic surgery piece. With the filters, again, like I think they're fun until people begin to take them too seriously, if that makes sense. And it's like, it's just funny. Like also, um, I used a Marilyn Monroe filter last week. And all these people were like, you're beautiful. You don't need a filter. 
and yeah, that's nice and all. So I, you know, I appreciate it. Thank you. But it's also like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be anyone but me or make people think that I am Marilyn Monroe. I just view filters kind of like makeup, you know, something you wear or do occasionally when you feel like it. Uh, I don't think filters or makeup are necessary. And I will post photos without makeup or without filters. But it's like, you know, when I look nice, when I have my makeup done, I want to post that too. And sometimes filters make you look nice or different or whatever, and you want to have fun and post it. So so do it. Who cares? Um, you shouldn't face backlash because of that. Um, with me, though, you're always going to know it's a filter. Like either it'll be so obvious, like I have dog ears, <laughs> um, or maybe it's not dog ears, but I will disclaim that it's a filter. You know, I'm an open book, honest, transparent, all of that. So generally speaking, you know, for the most part, you're not going to be confused about whether a selfie of mine is edited or filtered or not. You're going to know. Um, anyway, rant done there. But listen, ladies, gentlemen, non-binary people, people of any and all genders, shapes, sizes, ages, races, ethnicities, please hear me when I tell you that you can have fun with filters and Photoshop, but you don't need them to be beautiful. And if you want to have plastic surgery or cosmetic procedures done, you do you and don't let anyone shame you. But do it because you want to, not because society is telling you to. Not to look like someone else. Not to fill a void. You're important and beautiful and lovely and you matter either way. Your worth isn't determined by the size of your boobs or your nose or your lips or, you know, how much your forehead or cheeks crinkle or wrinkle when you laugh. You're not defined by those fine lines. Okay. Sorry, I went off on a tangent there. I wanted to circle back on a comment I made um, last episode about Jason Momoa, how I could take him or leave him. I feel like I need to clarify. Okay, so Jason Momoa, I think the man is beautiful. He's a gorgeous human and nobody can deny that. I think he also seems very nice, kind, down to earth, friendly, genuine, all of that. He's also not a bad actor. I just could take it or leave it when it comes to his acting and his work. I, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, obviously, he is successful for a reason, but he's not in my personal top three celebrity crushes. And for me, in my opinion, which I'm entitled to, um, acting-wise, he's just not like a Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, there's some celebrities who I just don't have a super strong opinion on either way or who don't do it for me, either from an appearance or a talent perspective. And while obviously Jason Momoa is extremely and unreasonably good looking and I'd be happy to meet him and, and chat with him because he seems cool, he's just not at the top of any list for me. Like, I don't think he's a bad actor and I do understand why people swoon over him but for me, I'm also just like, oh, okay, there's Jason Momoa. Cool. He's in this movie or TV show that's decent. Cool. The end. Like, I'm not writing his name in for an Emmy or an Oscar. 
people's sexiest man alive, maybe. But while he has A-list name recognition and popularity, he's not A-list when it comes to talent yet, from my perspective. That's not to diss on him or be a hater. I think he will do great things, and he's already been obviously very successful. And who knows, he could surprise us. Like, I could see him surprising us and pulling off an Oscar-worthy performance at some point. I just, I don't know, I don't see it now or yet. The show of his that we're currently watching called C is kind of meh to me. Like, eh, uh, it's okay. Like, I feel like it wishes it was Game of Thrones, but it isn't. It's okay. It's not bad. It's definitely not great. Um, And he isn't, like, impressing me in it. You know, he's not impressing me in any way. And so I knew the queen's voice in that show is the worst voice I've ever heard. Like, worse than nails on a chalkboard. The queen. It's terrible. Um, But, yeah. So I'm not a Jason Momoa hater. I'm not a Jason Momoa super fan. I like him, but I don't love him. (laughs) That's the gist for me with Jason Momoa. Uh, Moving along, Demi Lovato has gone from they, them pronouns back to she, her pronouns. She started with she, her, then they, them, and then back to she, her. Listen, I don't care either way. I support people doing what they need to do and identifying however they want and however they feel. But I will say this, her changing back and forth more than once is going to confuse some people and irritate a certain portion of the population for sure. And I do understand how it could be confusing. Um, Why it irritates and outrages people. That part I don't know. I can't understand, but I do get how it could be confusing, right? But my whole thing with pronouns and gender identity, and before I share my opinion, I want to say I don't want to speak for anybody. I'm not speaking for anyone because I am cis and straight, but the way I look at it is let people live. Let people be. Let people do what they want to do for the most part if they're not harming anybody, right? Do your best to just respect others and respect their wishes and respect what they want to be called or what they want to identify as. It's not hurting you in any way. Like, who ca- grow up. Who cares? Be nice. <laughs> and if you slip up on pronouns, I think it's okay. Like, I'm an LGBTQ ally, but I don't think we need to go after someone with pitchforks because they accidentally slipped up or forgot or accidentally used an old pronoun or even accidentally dead named someone. Now, let me be clear, if that person does it consistently or purposefully, that's a very different story. If they have hate in their hearts, that's a very different story. Because those things are intentional and hurtful and disrespectful. But they're maybe accidents, you know, and I think that's okay. Like, I think we have to allow space for the learning curve and give people grace as they adjust and adapt to change and to a new normal, whatever that might be. Um, The arguments about pronouns and gender are relatively new-ish in the mainstream. And so I feel, 
And again, my opinion doesn't necessarily matter, but I feel that people need to be given time to adjust to change and progress. Making it so that people don't have room to make mistakes is actually, I think, doing a disservice um, to, you know, the cause. Like, I think it's setting the cause back a little bit. Um, Yeah, like, I just feel like making it so people don't have room to make mistakes is like suffocating maybe to them. And from my perspective, that I think is what causes some backlash sometimes. Like, I don't think someone's a bad person just because they slip up on a pronoun. Someone is, however, a disrespectful jerk if they refuse to use preferred pronouns on purpose. And again, this is just my opinion and it might be wrong. But like I heard um, Whitney Cummings on Joe Rogan And listen, I have mixed feelings about Joe, but I really do like Whitney. And she was talking about how we as a society tend to overcorrect nowadays. And the overcorrecting can lead to more problems, more backlash, more cancel culture, more division, more hatred, right? And I tend to agree with her a little bit there. We have to give each other some patience and grace and room to grow. Um, It's like if you don't, understand or support something that's okay but you can still be considerate and kind and compassionate and a good human and just try and just be an adult and be nice and move it along someone's pronouns do not impact your life in most cases so like deal with it yes demi went from she to they to she again and as a fluid person she may identify differently a year from now if that's too hard then just call her demi and be done with it. And it's funny too, because people don't seem to really even like know what pronouns actually are. Um, And as an English major, that is astounding to me. Um, Some school, I forget where, I'm guessing somewhere Southern or Midwestern, no offense, uh, some school banned pronouns recently. Pronouns. They banned pronouns. It's so funny to me. Um, and another woman, some politician, she might have been a congressperson or a senator, said Jesus didn't use pronouns in the Bible. <sighs> Folks, a quick lesson in pronouns since there seems to be some confusion. And Jesus definitely did use them. And they absolutely cannot reasonably be banned in a school or a workplace or in most instances where the English language is being used. Here are some pronouns. Ready? I, she, him, he, her, she, they, you, them, it, us, we, ours, yours, mine, theirs. And there's more than that too. You cannot say the Pledge of Allegiance without pronouns. You cannot say the Our Father prayer without pronouns. It's tough to introduce yourself to someone without pronouns since I is a pronoun and so is the word you. Your favorite song almost certainly contains pronouns, as does your favorite book and your favorite podcast. They're just parts of speech, just identifiers. People change names all the time. When they get married, for example, someone goes from their maiden name to their married name in a lot of cases. That takes a moment to adapt to. No one gets upset, you know, if they're called by their maiden name for a while or even accidentally years later, but most people want you to try to use the right name. 
Um, and no one gets offended when they are expected to call somebody by their new name. No one gets mad or upset or political about that. It just is. Most people are not offended or outraged or upset or bothered when one spouse takes the other's last name or hyphenates their last name or if someone uses a pseudonym in writing or if someone has a stage name in acting or a nickname you know, at school or work. Your brain can adapt to all of that, all of those different names for the same people. So I'm sure it can also adapt to Demi Lovato or your kid or your coworker going by she instead of they or vice versa. It's only difficult if you make it difficult, you know, and I suspect if it's so-called difficult, then it isn't really about the pronouns and you may want to sit with that for a bit and work through it and explore what your real issues are with it. You know, um, remember John eight sixteen, Jesus said, I am he several pronouns there. And hey, while I'm getting somewhat into the sociopolitical realm, uh, I got to also address this. Comedian Dane Cook, who I loved in my early 20s, is 50 years old, 5050, and marrying his girlfriend who is 23. Okay, kind of gross, kind of weird, but kind of whatever, like who cares, right? It's icky, but I'm not going to judge. It's not unheard of, especially in Hollywood. However, when you hear the rest, it's pretty messed up. And the rest is this. Dane Cook is marrying his 23-year-old girlfriend at age 50. He started dating this 23-year-old girl right when she turned 18. And he met her when she was only 14 or 15. And he was in his mid-40s. That, my friends, is grooming. That is what grooming is. Not drag queens reading books at a library. If you want to see what grooming actually is, there you go. It's 50-year-old Dane Cook marrying a 23-year-old who he started dating the second she turned 18, but who he met as a 14 or 15-year-old. That is grooming, not drag queen bingo. Just saying. Speaking of even more weirdness and grossness in Hollywood, I mentioned Joe Rogan and Whitney Cummings earlier. And on a recent episode, they were talking about Shirley Temple. And oh my God, is it dark, dark, dark. Shirley Temple, what a story and uncomfortably so like it was so upsetting to see clips from some of her old movies i am talking shirley temple in blackface i am talking pedophilia type stuff with shirley temple i'm talking sexualization of a minor and this little girl almost certainly being abused because if you go by what you see in public on the screen that they put out for the world to see then you have to wonder what was going on behind the scenes if they were comfortable showing what they showed in Shirley Temple's movies, then it had to be so much worse, um, so much worse behind the scenes and what we didn't see. Just Google it. Like there's this one song or one 
it's a song from a movie, so it's a video. Um, Daddy When I'm With You, Disturbing and Gross. Uh, another is Good Ship Lollipop, Disturbing and Gross. There's another one called Baby Burlesque. Oh, my God. It's just also twisted. It's disturbing and weird and creepy and dark and all of it. And it's obviously not just Shirley Temple. Like, Hollywood is known for some dark stuff, um, especially when it comes to kids and young people and women. Um, Look up Dan Schneider on YouTube or Google or like Google uh, Dan Schneider scandals or something like that. He was from Nickelodeon and there are a lot of rumors and speculations and blind items and just creepy gossip about him and Ariana Grande, Amanda Bynes, Jamie Lynn Spears, all when they were minors. Um, It's very sick and very twisted. And he had this weird foot fetish and he would have them do like sexualized things and make inappropriate jokes as like preteens on Nickelodeon. It's very creepy. So speaking of groomers, hello, Dan Schneider, look it up. Um, And that's all alleged so it's all allegedly, but I mean, it's wild. But just beware, it's a very dark rabbit hole to go down and could be really triggering for some people. Um, but yeah, it's it's rough. But let's talk Brittany. Um, she's always a hot topic on this podcast. She probably went through so much trauma during her Disney days. Um who, just who knows? There's so many creeps out there, especially in Hollywood, uh, allegedly. And allegedly, she's coming out with a new song with Elton John, as I mentioned. It's a remix of a remix or a remake or a cover, I'm not sure, of Tiny Dancer by Elton John. And I think it's like with him, like a duet with him. Um, and she's supposedly coming out with a revenge album. She supposedly wants to break out of the bubblegum pop mold. Um, I would love to see her do something edgier. I think that'd be so cool. She um, has always said she likes rock and roll and acoustic rock. Um, she used to aspire to be a singer-songwriter like like a Sheryl Crow. Um, she said that one of her favorite songs in high school was Glycerine by Bush. Uh, on stage, she has covered Alanis Morissette. Marilyn Manson, Bonnie Raitt. Um, So I would love to see some rock vibes from Britney. And I want to hear her real singing voice. You know, I said this before on this show, but her low, deep, authentic voice is so much better and cooler than the put-on, manufactured, breathy, you know, nasal baby voice. Um, I love her either way, but still. A rock-influenced revenge album from Britney would be absolutely amazing. But yeah, I think the Tiny Dancer remix will be cool too. And that's supposed to come out on August 19th. And speaking of remixes, this is totally just an aside. But Beyonce just dropped a remix of uh, Break My Soul with Madonna. It's called like the Queen's remix or the Queen's version or something. And it's pretty good. I was jamming out to it this morning. Um, But back to Britney. She looks great in recent videos. Happy and healthy. But she's been posting these red squares, which has some fans concerned. Um, I think it's probably alluding to the song or an album or project coming up. Um, With Britney and her Instagram and all of it, I go back and forth. You know, like I really go back and forth about her social media. Like, is she manic? 
Is she actually posting these things? Is she trolling us? Is she just a bit of a goofball? Um, Is she messing with people? Does she just not get like social media propriety and uh, how it operates and etiquette and all of that because she was under the conservatorship and disconnected for so long and she was like removed from society and real life and she just doesn't understand, you know, what to post on Instagram or what to write in captions. I don't know. I don't know what to think. She posts and deletes a lot on her Instagram too, actually. And uh, Kanye did the same thing. And there's actually Instagram accounts for both Britney and Kanye's um, deleted posts. I think they're just called Britney's deleted posts and Kanye's deleted posts. Um, but if you can find them on Insta, they're worth a follow. Uh, and anyway, about Britney. So this morning I watched a handful of her music videos while I was drinking my coffee. Just long story how I went down that rabbit hole. But I was doing just that. I uh, watched slave for you overprotective toxic oops i did it again um and i mean i think we forget how prolific of a pop star she has been what an impact britney made on the music industry and pop culture i told my husband last week that michael jackson was the greatest performer of all time both in my personal opinion and by most standards like if you Google greatest performer of all time, greatest entertainer of all time, like it's usually going to say Michael Jackson. Um, and if you do polls or surveys, it's again, often going to be MJ. Um, but I also told him that I would put Britney up there as one of the greatest entertainers of all time. And he didn't quite understand that because he's not a Britney fan. He's not a fan of pop music. Um, and he doesn't really follow the celebrity and pop culture stuff. But Britney is Britney Spears. Like she defined an era and set the stage for so many others to follow her and was so important to pop culture during her heyday. And she's just had such an influence, right? Um, And keep in mind when I'm talking about like Britney and Michael Jackson, I'm seeing the words entertainer and performer. I'm not saying MJ or Britney are the greatest singers or vocalists or artists of all time. They're all different things, right? Performer, entertainer, artist, vocalist, singer, they're all different. Um, Britney and MJ can both put on a show. You know, they put on a show. They are always on, you know, singing, dancing, music videos, costumes, changing up their look, um, the mystique and intrigue of their personas, you know, their stage presence, that it factor, that X factor, the spectacle of it all, the showmanship on and off stage. Brittany, you know, she's a legend and an icon and one of the best. And so is Michael Jackson. I would put Beyonce up there, David Bowie, and of course, Freddie Mercury. And I was never a Prince fan, but I would put Prince up there as well. Um, do I think Madonna is one of the greatest of all time? No. I think she's had a ton of influence and it's been one of the biggest impacts on pop music and most influential of all time. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't like Madonna, but I don't know. Um, 
I think Lady Gaga is the greatest artist and entertainer of our generation currently. We'll see where she fits into the all-time category, but like talent-wise, vision-wise, Lady Gaga is off the charts and she's a true artist. And like the whole package, she is a creative. She's very different than most pop girls, you know. Um, she has so much talent. And I'm really excited to see her on Monday at the Chromatica Ball in D.C. Like, in my opinion, Lady Gaga, whole package. Um, whereas, like, in my mind, like, a Britney, you know, doesn't have the vocals, in my opinion. But Gaga wouldn't be Gaga without influences from David Bowie, from Freddie Mercury, from Elton John, from Madonna, and from Britney Spears. Like, Gaga has acknowledged herself that Britney was an influence on her. And same thing with Selena Gomez and Miley Cyrus. They wouldn't be who they are without Britney, and they've acknowledged that. But Britney wouldn't be Britney without Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson and Madonna. So the people that are influencing others, those are the ones really making an impact, you know? And I, I just got to say, though, too, that I'm talking pop music because I'd rather go to a Bush concert than most current pop acts. Rock shows and rock music, it's a whole different animal. But if you're asking me to choose between like Bush and, I don't know, Ariana Grande or BB Rexa or Halsey or Bieber or Shawn Mendes, I'm choosing Bush. Like I, a lot of times I'm going to choose um, a band like that over some of the current pop current acts I would like to see in addition to Gaga obviously would be Harry Styles, Lizzo, Miley Cyrus, maybe Billie Eilish. Otherwise just give me the older pop, you know, give me Britney, JT, uh, Mariah Carey, Janet Jackson, Paula Abdul. And I would say too like Elton John uh, on the rock side, of course, Bush. I, you know, I'm always going to like them. I'm always going to like Aerosmith and Metallica. Um, I get to see Bush on Wednesday, which I'm excited about, and Gaga on Monday, so I'm stoked for this coming week. Um, and I don't know how I got to this rambling point of the convo other than to say that Britney's name deserves to have more respect put on it, in my opinion. Like, she's definitely had such a seismic cultural impact and influence, and her fame during her prime and even now, it's incomparable. You know, the way she bursted into the zeitgeist and the zeitgeist and like firmly solidified herself into the ethos of pop culture forever, even from the second her debut single and video aired was something to behold, you know? And I feel lucky as like a pop culture connoisseur and aficionado and whatever that I came of age during the era of Britney, you know, mostly because I can't stand Madonna who came before her. And because I felt like the pop girls who came after her were all just clones of Britney, basically, and products of Disney. Um, it's just like, we forget how impactful and iconic Britney was and is because of the controversy and the conspiracy and the downright weirdness that surrounds her, you know? And I hope if Britney does do a revenge album, and if rumors of her book are true, that she reminds us all of why she is regarded so highly in the world of pop music and popular culture. And she's regarded highly, deservedly so, in my opinion. She's become, sadly, 
a bit of a sideshow or character, um, not character, a sideshow or a caricature of herself when really she should be respected and revered for her body of work, her kind heart, and her creativity and talent. I mean, Britney is Britney freaking Spears and she deserves the world. And I just hope that she gets her day in the sun because she's never been able to shine without the expectations and needs of other people writing her, you know, um, she's never really gotten to be herself and show us what she's gotten, who she is without these constraints in place and without other people being involved and having their hands in her creative process and telling her what to do and who to be. And I want to see what Brittany could do and produce and, and create when those shackles are gone and those constraints are lifted and she is just free to be Brittany. I really am looking forward to that. And I just hope it's on her own terms, on her own timeline and only if she wants to do it and wants to show us that and gift that to us, you know? Anyway, I have a lot of stuff to do, so I'll let you all go. I'm trying eyelash extensions for the first time today, so wish me luck there. And P.S., since I'm talking about girly stuff, uh, I finally got a bog bag. And I see what the hype's about. So 10 out of 10, recommend a bog bag. Just make sure you're buying an authentic one because there's so many scam sites out there and counterfeit bog bags. It's wild. I have never, not for a long time, have I seen knockoffs to this uh, level and what a difference in quality. And there's definitely people stealing folks' money. So if you're ordering a bog bag, make sure it's the authentic site or an authentic retailer that's been uh, authorized and certified as such. So. All right, cool. Uh, Thank you all for listening. And I hope you're having a wonderful, beautiful day. We'll see you next time.